the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Live from Los Angeles. Big Wave Dave, David James. Tell me where to stand. What other words do I have? Hey, Dad, you have money. Uh, hey, Dave, we need you to do what What kind of what names do you have, friends? I mean, you, you know you do. You have all kinds of different names you're known by. You know, at work, they call you one thing. My daughter, Kylie, has three names. She's Anna, Kylie, Nicole. We couldn't uh, decide what we wanted her name to be. We thought maybe she might be our only child, right? So Claire and I gave her three names, Anna, Kylie, Nicole. And so now it's funny because she's known uh, when, when people call her or text her or, you know, like they call her name. She knows where they're, they're from. Like Anna are her close friends. Kylie are those that she does life with really for the most part. And Nicole is for mom and dad when we want to really get her attention. So she's known, she's known as at three different names. Thank you for joining us here this Friday, August 13th. You know, all week long, and actually last week with Frank Sontag uh, retiring and moving on to do what God has called him to do um, with Kingdom Men's Gathering and, and so on and so forth, we have had different guests come in and uh, be at this microphone and you know, study God's Word. Um, here coming up at 4 o'clock, we're actually going to have an hour's worth of, of, of Scripture and prayer and uh, worship. I don't know if that's been done here uh, in Los Angeles on KKLA in, in decades. And so what a real treat to join with Influence Music, Anaheim Hills, Melody, and Nick. Going to be in here 4 to 5, a complete hour of, of worship and praise and prayer and Scripture. So I hope you'll, you'll join us there. Um, and I just want you to know, I have a heart of gratitude for you. You know, I, 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 sitting in this chair where Frank Sontag spent nearly nine years, Frank Pastore about nine years before that, Warren Duffy and, and others here at KKLA who have, have been at this microphone, I, I'm not here um, other than with a sense of humility and awe and being able to say thank you. Thank you for allowing the privilege to journey with you. On this road less traveled, uh, every day here on the radio stations, whether it's 6 a.m. to noon on Cape Praise or 10 to 3 here on, on KKLA Real Life with Gina Pastore and uh, all the other events we do. Even like the last couple of days where we as a KKLA collective, you know, sometimes you don't hear good news. And I want you to hear really super great news right now. Because of you and all of us as a KKLA collective coming together, there are 17 girls that are not going to be in forced modern-day slavery anymore in human trafficking, Mumbai in the red light district, over the last couple of days, you funded enough for 17 girls for a complete year of rescue, safety, and care. You did that. I have a heart of gratitude for you. I have a heart of gratitude that we're able to study God's word together and, and proclaim it and, and, and let it transform our life, not let it change, not, not to, you know make it conform to something we want it to be, because what would that be? I'd just be like another club. That'd be just like, okay, join me here at the, uh, you know, hit a couple holes of, of golf. I mean, that's what it would be. But to be able to, to say, God, 
take your word and transform me by the power of your Holy Spirit. So I have a heart of gratitude for that. This New England kid, born in, in New Hampshire and worked in Norfolk and Nashville and here and Derry, New Hampshire and Boston. And G.K. Chesterton said it best. When it comes to the life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or take them with gratitude. And I, I want to choose the gratitude and having a heart of gratitude like Piglet. Piglet's heart was small, said L-A-A Milne, but his heart was filled with gratitude. And so I just say all that to say thank you for allowing the privilege to be able to, to be here on, on KKLA and K-Praise here on Live from Los Angeles. And I, I really have a heart of gratitude for the gentleman I'm about ready to introduce to you, actually. He is, uh, he is a fellow New Englander, and uh, I've come to know him as a, as a friend, but I have a, a, a really a, a quasi sense of awe of this, of this gentleman because, you know, there's very few uh, people in life you could ever say is, is a good friend. It's a university president, and I have the privilege of being able to say I've gotten to know this gentleman uh, very well over the course of time and continue to, to get to know him well. I wish he were here in the studio with us here in Los Angeles, but he joins us by phone, Dr. Barry Corey, president of Biola University. Hello, sir. Uh, hello, Dave, my good uh, fellow New England friend. How are you today, uh, this Friday afternoon? I'm here on Biola's campus, and it's coming, coming to life after being pretty quiet for a while now. And, um, yeah, it's a good day, and it's a, a better day now that I have a chance to hang out with you. Look at that. Uh, listen to me. H- how is it with campus? Let's talk a little bit about that for a second, because, you know, we've had this little thing over the last 18 months, and um, it really is not a little thing. It's actually a pretty major thing. It was a game changer, so many different things. And I know, um, you know, campus, uh, high school, every, every, every facet of life, um, really hit by this and so when you say campus is coming back to life how different is it from a year ago today to now in the sense of that life coming back together (laughs) Uh, it's different let me just say that you know i I spent the better part of a year perched in this office looking out over um uh, grass growing squirrels and birds Uh, as you know la county was pretty stringent would not allow any campuses to open we did our best got a thousand out of six thousand students back on campus in the in the in the spring and uh, but now um, they were fully revving up we've got um, hundreds and hundreds of students arriving already athletes and RAs and international students and first-gen students and then thousands more will be here in a few weeks and it's like a defibrillator will hit this place and we're <laughs> gonna pop back to life and it's you know it's why I moved from New England Dave as you know 14 plus years ago with my family our kids were 8 11 and 14 and we came here called here and uh, this is an amazing um, school not because of anything I've done but because you know we try to main faith remain faithful over the years and and here we have um, the brink of a of a new year's about to begin and it's it's going from ghost town to great town. I'm excited about that. My daughter, Megan, just for uh, transparency, is actually going to be, she had her freshman year all online uh, at Biola, and now she's going to hopefully get to campus the 27th, and so looking forward to that. She's looking forward to it, you know, with a, with a sense of that freshman kind of thing, even though she's going to be a sophomore, like, oh, I'm going to campus, I don't know. And then, you know, there are still, you know, uh, things that we've got to do, to, protocols and whatnot, to continue to, to, to keep within county guidelines and all that stuff. So we've been talking all that, and I, I appreciate you so much uh, helming. And I want to talk a little bit about, actually, 
with everything that's happened, you know, fear, anger, um, trepidation, you know, all those things are running rampant, uh, Barry. Uh, you know, when it comes to hope, peace, joy, love, kindness, gentleness, compassion, self-control, it almost sounds as if when, when Jesus said not be of this world, uh, but, be, you know, be in the world but not of it, you know, sometimes I used to think, oh, man, that's just so super crazy to, to understand. But then you mentioned hope, peace, joy, love, kindness, gentleness, compassion, self-control. That, those things are already, like, big time and the antithesis of culture. So what do you do as president? What do you do as a, as a father, as a, as a husband, as, you know, a, a, a Jesus follower in remembering that and making and helping that kind of underpin your entire life, no, no matter what's happening? Yeah, uh, the fruit of the spirit, boy. It's um, it's it it comes from our roots, doesn't it? And uh, it's it's really the um, the evidence that uh, God's at work. And I see that um, uh, in our students. I see that in this community. And we've um, you know, I had a I had an issue a few years ago where I was gonna be face to face with someone who did not like Biola at all, a person of significant um, influence in the state of California politically. He uh, would not say he was uh, had, had any faith whatsoever. And um, he was kind of out to get schools like ours, and I had a chance to to meet him. And I remember getting a, a, a text message from a, a dear friend the day before, and because I said to him like, "Hey, pray for me because I'm nervous. I don't know what's going to happen." And and I remember she said to me, she said, "Hey, just go up there and let your weapons be the fruit of the spirit." I thought that's so ironic to have your weapons as love and joy and peace and peace and patience and faithfulness and all you know what 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 Paul talks about but you know I I went up there being prayed over and I approached with a spirit of 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 kindness and <laughs> and it resulted actually in a in a in a miraculous conversation where a lot of things politically turned around because uh of that and I and I and I really do believe that and I tell this to our students all the time Dave that and you know told told it to uh to Kylie when she was here I call her Kylie not Anna but I call her Kylie <laughs> yes. um and uh and and Megan's going to hear it from me as well um and those of you listening, um, their 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 daughter Kylie graduated uh, last year. So Dave and Claire are great parents, and we love having their kids at Biola too. Checks in the mail. Here. Checks in the mail. Um, BBC. But I tell our students like live with a firm center and soft edges, right? Mm. Firm center have deep convictions about what you believe, rooted in the centrality of Christ and the authority of God's word. Like have a firm center, but but lead, lead with soft edges and lead with, um, of, with with kindness and hospitality and and and, and a gentle spirit and listening to those who don't think like you or vote like you or believe like you or dress like you and get to know their stories and 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 if they reject you so be it but just live into that and that's that's the posture that I want our students to take and that's not just my firm center soft edges bumper sticker language it's the gospel right Jesus came full of truth firm center full of grace soft edges you know love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength firm center love your neighbor as yourself soft edges it's all all through scripture be wise as serpents first center uh, firm center as gentlest dove. So that's that's kind of been our approach, and um, that's why I'm you know that's why I left New England <laughs> to be part of a, this great community and and uh, and uh, be another New England transplant in California, which my friend Big Wave Dave is as well. So what do you think, uh, Dr. Barry Corey, joining us from the campus of Biola University? They are beginning to open up, just like 41 school districts went back to school yesterday. More today, more definitely on Monday, and then of course right into after Labor Day. What do you think, uh, Barry, what do you think the most pressing 
thing is that parents need to be watching for, you know, these days? I mean, ideologies, worldview, mask wearing. I mean, what do you what do you truly think with everything going on? The most pressing need that we as parents, regardless of of age bracket of our children, what's the most pressing thing we need to be watching out for? What are your thoughts on that? Wow, that is a that's an epic sized question, <laughs> uh, Dave. Yeah. I, and I, you know, I, I probably answered this way. I, I think that that we get so caught up in the immediate that um, we lose perspective of the big picture. And um, you know, certainly, you know, from our perspective, the picture is like, what are the virtues that God called us to live into um, as it relates to how we live our life and, and, and it's so easy to to, to um to concede to, you know, whatever is fashionable or whatever is immediate. But the way God called us to live and he's been calling people to live like this with courage and with conviction for for millennia now and and it's 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 a countercultural way of being and I think that's 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 what our rising generation need to understand that it's it's more important to to be part of something much bigger than you're a part of than to you know kind of feed your own appetites with you know whatever is is fashionable in the moment um and then that's that's why you know we spent a lot of time at Biola and talking about the good the true and the beautiful and the virtuous life and and uh, what does it mean to be part of something far bigger than than, than you are um, I was reading the you know, 139th Psalm the other day, where, where the psalmist says, like, "Lead me in the way of everlasting," and um, I think that that's something that we need to like spend time thinking about. And it also means, you know, from my perspective, that we need to kind of embrace this virtue of boredom. We don't need oh, more mm. boring people. We need more bored people who just can just put the phone down and and get away from the screen and just think and read and have a conversation with someone that just kind of lingers on from one subject to the next and just let it let it happen without a, a ding or a chirp or a tweet like you know <laughs> yes. causing you to suddenly lose your attention oh no i mean you, you just i just i i see heads exploding like wait a minute put the phone down and be silent and be boy and get into a good book and reading actually getting maybe into the bible or some 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 amazing books that, that, that we just should be reading and, and diving into. I want to address, stay camped here on just a second, would you? It's DBC, we like to call him, Dr. Barry Corey, over at Biola University. Um, all those discussions that are going on. I want to go back to something you just mentioned. How does Biola resist the pressure? I mean, look, I, I had to leave a church. Okay, I, Claire and I, we had our kids in a church for a little while here when we moved to Southern California, and it seemed like everything was going on all cylinders, right? Now, Claire and I grew up in the church, uh, great, you know, theology, foundations, you know, uh, knowing, you know, okay, what we can kind of just, you know, okay, you know, so you, 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 you sprinkle and you don't dunk. Okay, fine. I mean, there's some things that you can kind of just, but this church went totally off the rails, totally just took everything in the foundations of the principles of of the belief system of being a Jesus follower and, and really pretty much threw it out the window. We had to leave. We literally had to leave that church. And it's happening over and over again. And my question to you on this kind of subject is how, how does Biola, how do you as spearheading, um, you know, as university president, as a colleague, as a friend, as someone that is on fire for Christ and, and you know, those things that you do, how do, how do you lead the charge in resisting pressure to cave 
and not not stay true to scripture and i can't I, and that's pretty applicable to all of us actually that question but how do you how do you do it personally there at, at biola as a collective well first of all we, we we never say it it would never happen to us i mean we acknowledge the reality that institutions drift and you know they never drift towards christ-centeredness right they drift away from christ-centeredness so we acknowledge that reality it will happen if you're if you're inattentive. It'll happen if you just aren't paying attention to some of the decisions that you're making. So we talk about it. Uh, we spend a lot of talking about what does it mean to be faithful to our mission. And, um, and that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of, of energy. Um, but if you're not um, paying attention to it little by little, it's usually like a, a small decision here, a small decision there. Uh, it's like if you take a hunt, uh, 360 degrees on a compass, Dave, right, and you just click off one degree. Well, you barely notice, but if you factor that out um, over a long period of time, you've kind of gone a long way from the true north. So we talk about it. We 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 spend time not only thinking about like the truth of Scripture, but how do we how do we love Scripture and how do we live Scripture? How do we love Christ and and and, and live Christ? And it, it it's a community that we try to hold each other accountable, faculty members and, and trustees and, you know, the team I work with here in the president's office. It's, a, it's an ongoing conversation that is uh, so important to us. And, and, and you know, we're, we're proud of our heritage. You know, Biola is 113 years old. We started in 1908. Downtown uh, Los Angeles is the Bible Institute of Los Angeles, B-I-O-L-A. And, and we're not ashamed of our story. We do things a lot differently, you know, than they did back in, you know, when they founded the school 114 right. years ago. But, mm-hmm. but we have to resist the temptation, what C.S. Lewis called the chronological snobbery, right? Like that we're more enlightened than our, right. you know, those who founded this school. And so we're the cool kids doing real education for the contemporary world. But, but it really takes serious thought and, and, and scholarship. And I'll add this as one final thing. It takes the work of the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm telling you, I mean that with all my heart. I was sitting um, out in this little um, conference table I have here in the office where I hang out, and I, it, was, it was a little over a year ago, and I was just thinking about how tough things are. And I felt like the headwinds um, blown against the work that we're trying to do kept on getting stronger and stronger. And I just had this 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 impression in my heart, and I have to, you know, I grew up as a, you know, some of the God preacher's kid. Uh, yes, it was the Spirit okay. talking to me, and, mm-hmm. and I felt like the Spirit of God was saying, you know what, Barry, my tailwinds, they're stronger than your headwinds. So trust me, I've got you, but you've got to trust me. And I feel like that's what we've got to do. Trust, God knows what he's doing. My job is not to, like, make sure Biola survives, like, 50 years from now, my job is to be faithful to the calling that we have, and God will decide in our future. I love what you said uh, about the kindness and and having uh, in your book. Your book talks a lot about that kindness book. It it talks so much about that where it's being firm in the center and soft at the edges, and uh, I think that's applicable to all of us. I mean, look, Biola is a university, so of course you have to have discussions on all kinds of things. I mean, you've got to have an open dialogue on it all, but to be able to 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 be able to come back full circle, even for all of us to have discussions, as you mentioned, with friends, yeah. colleagues who don't who do, who completely have a completely different worldview than we have, to have discussions with them, to talk to them, to befriend them, to have those conversations and allow the Holy Spirit to work through that. Would you would you agree that that is not only from a from a 
a corporate standpoint, say from a university, but also uh, in our very own personal lives, right? That wouldn't, wouldn't that make us a, I don't know, wouldn't that make us better people? Not just better people, but better Jesus followers? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I think uh, sometimes, and I have the temptation as well to like, to you know, to take a club and like kind of like, you know, beat the truth into somebody that I feel like they don't they don't get it. But I I, I do believe that at a at a university like Biola, we need we need to commit to to, to to intellectual humility that we don't know everything. To curiosity, we need to be open minded. We need to engage with diverse viewpoints of those who. Who, who think differently, both in Biola and outside of Biola, and that we learn from each other. And um, again, that whole idea of, of what I said about listening, listening while wanting to learn, not listening while waiting to respond. And then there's a difference. And I just think that we need some, we can, we can be humble yes. without compromising our convictions. And some people think, oh, you can't do that. You've got to, if you're going to be, uh, you have strong convictions and like be, uh, be kind of, loud and boisterous about it, but you don't have to be that way. I think the world is looking for those who have a servant's heart and are willing to listen. I think that's a great testimony is that we care about what other people think, even if they don't think like we do. And that's part that's part of the gospel. Dr. Barry Corey joins us, Biola University president. We, I like to call him DBC. That's what they call him on campus, too. We're going to come back from break and you know, I'll lighten it up just a little bit, I think. I got a couple of questions for a university president. You know, very rare do we have a, a university president on the line, KKLA and K-Praise family. So we want to we wanna kind of, I'm going to surprise them, hoodwink them with some, some questions and lighten it up a little bit this Friday. If that's all right with you, Dr. Barry Corey. Good with me. All right, here we go. Live from Los Angeles. It's Big Wave Dave, David James filling in here. Live from Los Angeles this Friday. Back in just a moment. Live from Los Angeles, Big Wave Dave, David James here, um, Southern California, and it's Friday afternoon. What a, what a real treat to have Dr. Barry Corey here from Biola University, Biola University's president. Biola, by the way, he mentioned it, and you know a lot of people may not know, Biola, what's that, what's that stand for? It's Bible Institute of Los Angeles, and so DBC, I want to thank you for educating. Because, you know, there's a lot of people, we take those things for granted, you know, where mm. people don't know how those things, like, uh, for example, I, I want to have a little, can I have a little fun with you? <laughs> I mean, like, Go for it. seriously, we, we, very rare do we have a university president kind of on, on the airway. And there's some questions, and even when we do, questions like, does your wife, Paula, give you a honey do this, honey do that list as a university president? Do you have a ladder thing? You have to take boxes up and down. You know, you have three kids. You, the campus, you, when they were in college, high school, you have to go up and down the attic, get sweaty with all the attic stuff and insulation on you. I mean, are you, you have people do that stuff for you? Um, yeah, I, I have plenty of things to do around the house that I'm instructed to do, but... Let me mention that Paula, but by the way, Paula, my wife, is is the most amazing woman, remarkable in every way. And and this, um, yeah, this fall will be married thirty years, yes. thirty incredible years. And I was twenty nine, she was twenty seven. We got married, so do the math. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, come I, on, I, you you're know, spring yeah, chickens. I can, I can do the latter thing. I can move boxes, but when it comes to like more technical things, Dave, around the house. Um, I like to do things cheap, and uh, Paula likes to do things well. But there's a problem with that because I can't do them well, and those who can do them well aren't cheap. So that's where we've had these re uh, relational recalibration moments. Let me just say that. And um, 
Yeah, so it's we've had to navigate that terrain, and and at the end of the day, uh, I usually concede to Paula because she um, her um, high standard of quality is um, far better than you know, my standard of of just doing it, you know, halfway and. Yeah, and incomplete, and, and usually we end up hiring somebody to come and fix what I did. Okay, wrong. okay, so 30 years of marriage, you know, Claire and I, uh, we're, we're man, I can't believe I have, we were married in 89, so we, we're, we're like wow. two years ahead of you. Well, you're mature, more mature in the relationship. No, 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 you're, you're, you're seasoned, okay? You're seasoned. <laughs> and so my question to you is, after those 30 years of marriage, you and, you and Paula and everything, is there an example that you can give of that kind of situation where, like there was the give and take learning kind of thing um, where you realized, okay, I can't go the cheap route and I've got to go hire somebody because you tried it yourself and it just went sideways. Do you have a, a real world example of that? You don't have enough time on your show Dave, <laughs> to tell all of the stories. Yes. Um, our first house was built in the 1920s in Danvers, Massachusetts, and we bought that house and I thought I could fix the ceiling, the ceiling fan and, Got it all wired up, and then the lights upstairs didn't work. And uh, if we had paid $100 for the guy to put the fan in, it would have been done and over with. But instead, we paid much more than that to have all the wiring fixed in the house. So whatever was gone wrong. Does so, she ever remind you, know, you of that still? I mean, you know, I know forgiveness is as far as the east from the west. But I understand yeah. after 32 years of marriage myself, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily apply. You know, time turns hard stories into comedies. <laughs> yes. So um, it's, it's funny now. It wasn't funny then, let me just say. No. Hey, um, so around campus, I've noticed uh, another one of these questions I'd like to ask you. I, I have, you know, seen interviews of university presidents. I've, I've I, well, my, I'll tell you, my alma mater, Trevecca Nazarene University in Nashville back in mm-hmm. 1990 when I graduated with my, um, with my BA and, and BS, and some people would argue, well, I use one more than the other most of the time. But as I say, <laughs> my, our president, Homer Adams, uh, was nowhere near as um, open and uh, you know, out in the, in, the, in the campus, on the campus doing things. I mean, never in my wildest dreams would I dream of, of, of President Homer Adams walking through the dorm and kind of just having conversations with, with students and everything. Yet that's what you do. I mean, you're around campus as much as you can as a university president and all that. But it seems like you really enjoy, really enjoy the presence of the students. And I will say it seems like the students enjoy your presence as well. Where does that come from? Barry, because that's not very, I don't know, like popular in the university president uh, catalog of, you know, the media. Well, I'm sure uh, Homer, uh, President Homer was doing some good things for Tribeca. I'm sure he was. So yes, he was. That said, um, yeah, so, you know, a lot of the work that I, I do is, you know, it's, it's the work of, you know, running a university and working with a team and strategic plans and budgets and fundraising and traveling and all that kind of stuff. But I do that because of these, you know, nearly 6,000 students here at Biola. So if I'm having a bad day and we're trying to, you know, fix the numbers on something or a personnel issue, I'm, uh, the best thing I can do is, like, get out of the office, descend the stairs and and be among these students, sit next to them in chapel, have lunch with them in the cafeteria, talk to them on the sidewalk. And so I, it, it's actually a selfish thing for me because that's what gives me life. And I love these students. They're, they're incredible stories and backgrounds from all parts of the world and all different narratives of their life. And I get to be part of their journey. So so it's great. You know, you, I, let me just say one more thing, Dave, and that is like, 
like almost every statement you make ends with a question mark because you're always asking people things. Well, and, I mean, that's um, kind of my kind of my job. Yeah, it's kind of your job. But let's uh, how about a little role reversal? And how about if I ask you a few questions? That way you can be in the hot seat and not me, because I never know what the questions are usually that you're going to uh, kind of uh, fling my way. So I think it's time for your um, uh, Friday afternoon listeners here on KKLA um, to get a bit of the medicine that you're dishing out to other people. You game? Look at you. Look at you. You're Look like taking live from Los Angeles like into your own grip. You've now well, become. I'm not a... in the studio, so you can't like like, like hit me over the head with like, one, <laughs> one, one, one of the uh, all right the microphones okay. that you have there. I have to say, I don't know if I ever heard. Uh, I never heard Sontag or Pastore's guests ever uh, turn the tables on that. But I'm game. I, I'm ready. I, you know. I, look, I, I just, yeah. you know, we have... Funny, I just, I just got a text from uh, Frank Sontag just a couple seconds ago, so it must be, a, it must be the sign that I'm going like, to step into his role. Oh, great. my guess right now. You so. got a text from Frank Sontag. Hey, Frank, stay out yeah, of this. No. He knows yeah, way no, too no. much. Unbelievable. He told, me lo- he told me he loved me. That's great. Aww. I, uh, I love the dude just as I love you. But so, okay, so if you weren't a radio personality... If you weren't a radio personality, Big Wave Dave, how would you see your career going? Uh, what would you rather do if you weren't? If doing, and you do this so well, but what would you? What else would you do? Okay, so you remember uh, the old SNL skit uh, with Chris Farley, and when he was a motivational speaker, and he goes inside the kids, <laughs> you know, and he goes in there. Now, kids, let me tell you. Don't become like me. Or you're living a van down by the river. You remember that? <laughs> okay, I. You know what? I would say I'd be Chris Carter. No, I here. Here's the thing with that. You talk about we were talking in the first segment about kind of the Holy Spirit kind of yep. where it moves in, in weird ways. So when I was trying to figure out what I was going to what I was going to do with my life, uh, I was working. Uh, I mentioned that I was a BABS. So I was going for theater and in, in broadcasting theater. I was a communications, right. human relations and theater double major. And so I was working at a dinner theater, Chaffin's Dinner Theater in Middle Tennessee, and I was also working and interning at a radio station there in, in Nashville. And so I would go to both. Now, I would have to take the bus. I didn't have a, I didn't have a car. I didn't have any of that. I was, I was very lowest to the low. But I would go, and I would, I'd, I'd make and do. I'd say, okay, you know, one day you know, this would be different. So I would bus to the dinner theater. I'd work at the dinner theater. And then when I finished there, I'd take the bus over to the radio station and do my uh, grunt work that I was doing there. I was cleaning yep. vans, doing all those things. So finally was hired at that radio station to do my first gig on a Saturday morning. Here I am in college. You know college students, 2, 3 a.m., you stay up, you're doing stuff, you go back, you sleep in until 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturdays most times. But I was having to get up at 3.30 in the morning, take the bus, and go to Music Row to, to produce this home and garden show. And so I would go in and I would produce Herb and Lester. Uh, Herb and Lester was the Home of Garden Show host. They were the hosts. And so I I didn't have time to get breakfast, so I was going into the kitchen just trying to figure out, you know, man, maybe there's something left over. And for always, when I was at the dinner theater working as an intern, there would be script people, there would be makeup people, there would be all these people going, hey, man, do do you have something to eat? (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I'm looking for something to eat. I'm in college. And then I'd go, to, I'd go to the station, and always in the break room from the Friday night before in the sports talk show, there 
uh, was food left over. I mean, we're talking burgers and shrimp and steaks and that sort of thing, all left in the refrigerator with a sign saying, hey, uh, whoever wants to eat. Well, I would go and I would dine on that stuff. I mean, they, they expected, you know, hopefully majority of the weekend staff to eat it. I would eat it all because I'm like starving. But then God just, I'm, I'm praying to God, God, what am I going to do in life? What am I going to, and it dawned on me. Wait a minute, if I'm never going to earn money, either in theater or in radio, at least I won't starve in radio because there's always food in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, so so I, made my, I, made my, I made my lifelong decision based on food. And that's such a guy thing? Seriously? So it I, is a guy thing. Is it, is it really true that the, the host of the garden show, his name was Herb? <laughs> Yes. Is it really Herb? Yes. Herb? Yes. Garden show host? Is that a joke or is that for real? Okay, it is. And real quick, let me tell you a quick story. It is. Honest to God, his name was Herb. So I'm a Yankee, okay, working in Middle Tennessee, and now got the twang doing our store thing. So they're calling in. I'm taking. I'm being the call screener. And so they'd call in, and I'd go, hi, WLAC, would you like to talk to Herb and Lester on the Home and Garden Show on uh, Around the House was the name of it? And I had this guy calling, go, yeah, I'll talk to Herb and Lester. I say, excuse me, sir? <laughs> I'd like to talk to Urban Lester. Um, and, of course, Urban Lester are across the glass, and they're, going, they're waiting for the call, and their arms are going up, flailing. Like, what are you doing? I'm saying, sir, would you, would you say that slower, please? I'd like to talk to Urban Lester. Okay, I don't know. But I don't, I'm putting no name in the thing. And I said, what would you like to talk about? Well, I'd like to talk about how to get rid of trash down there in my holler. I'm like, dude, I, I, I'm sorry, sir. I don't know what you're saying. He said, doggone it. And he used some choice. Like, doggone get this, get, get, get me on it. And so finally, Herb and Lester were like, okay, put him on. Just go. I said, he's there. And they go on. Hi, who's on line two? Herb says. He says, well, this is, uh, this is Herb down, down, down here. Buck snort. Oh, that, that's in, that's in Turb. Who, who's that Yankee got in there answering the phone? And so Herb says, oh. Let's get out of our southern draw and interpret what the Yankee. This is Jonathan from Bucksnort, and he wants to talk about how to get rid of trash in his hollow in an environmental way. <laughs> so they were mocking me on the air. Oh, you know? so you're not bilingual. And so, yeah. So you come, you, you, you've, 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 I've seen it from you. I've told you stories there, and you just bust out laughing. I'm hung from, you know, mm-hmm. I was a Yankee fan in Red Sox land. Yeah, oh, yeah, the flagpole. Yeah, you told me that See? story. See, you hung me up uh, by my trousers, yeah. and you just you yeah. went. Down, Claire reminds me, you went down on a belly laugh, down on your oh, yeah. knees, laughing so no. hard about. It. So things well, have not changed for me. Well, they, if I had more time, I'd ask you what you miss most about New England. Uh, maybe you give me a quick one on that one. But I have, I do have one serious question for you. But do you want to do a quick New England answer? Make it quick though, because you're getting a little long, and this show. Yeah, I am. Wilbert wants time. to. Yeah, he's like, come on. Hey, look at that. You even are keeping time. I'm becoming a DBC. All right, go ahead. What's your next question about New England? Um, like, what, what's one thing you missed about New England? Like, my mother used to make these peanut butter and fluff sandwiches, which is peanut butter and this marshmallow spread, which is very New England. Terrible for you, but— It's called fluff. Um, can't say I miss it, but then, you know, you know, you know, the, you know fluff, fluff I do. Is, right? Very well. Very well. In fact, we found some, and I actually bought it and consumed it in one full swoop. <laughs> so, yes, fluff yeah. is, is like a marshmallow cream. So, yes. Yes. I do miss that. I, I tell you, what, what I miss are all the covered bridges and being able to, mm. to go yeah. over the covered bridges and, and read the history stuff like that. Yeah. And all the guys yeah, are saying, that's... look, Dave, you just lost your man card for me. But I'm just saying, when you, when you grow up in New England, you think all of the world yeah. is like that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I lost my man card when I talk about fluff, so don't <laughs> worry about it. Yes. Hey, um, listen, here's, here's a serious question. What is different in your soul 
since COVID? How, how, how are you spiritually different because through COVID? Um, you know what? Wow. Well, we're up. Look at that. I, I'm saved by the break. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to sit. Can I save that for the it. next thing? All right, folks, don't leave. We've got a good answer coming from Dave, Man. Big Wave Dave, right after this break. So enjoy the break, and we'll talk to you in a few minutes. Wow. He just did it out live from Los Angeles. KKLA. <laughs> crazy. Look You're at crazy. you, man. Live from Los Angeles, Friday the 13th, Big Wave Dave, David James, along with President Barry Corey. Biola University, and you know, you asked me a question um, going into break, and uh, I, f- I forget what that was. It was a pretty, uh, a pretty poignant question. What, what was that question you asked me? Yeah, well, yeah, Dave, my, my, my final question in, in this radio personality gig that I'm temporarily doing was, um, like, how, how are you different in your soul since COVID? What's What's changed spiritually about you? I think it's a question a lot of us are grappling with because COVID's done a lot of things. But how has it how has it affected us spiritually and hopefully strengthened and matured us? Well, that's pretty. Yeah, no, that's uh, and I think that's actually a, a very that's the difference between you know really someone who is caught in everything happening and getting getting a, in a whirlwind of of fear, anger, rage of someone who you know maybe is is. I don't know, of a childlike faith as opposed to growing forward in your faith and, and, and you know, diving in on the meat aspect things because mm. it's easy for us to live in just the moment. You talked about that earlier in the hour, and so to ask that question is, is a pretty, like, serious adult Christian kind of question, you know, and I think it's all—I think we all should be asking that. You know what it is? I think for me—I I don't think for me. I know it's— I've realized, DBC, that I need to have more of a heart. I need to have more of a heart of gratitude. I don't live in that place, you know. Um, and, and and that's what God calls us. Front and center, the concrete rebar of our faith is saying, Jesus, I, I need you in my life. I've tried this myself, and it's not working. And so to be able to say, because I have a heart of gratitude for the creator of the world, Mm-hmm. giving of himself and making a sacrifice I couldn't do, that should be stemmed from the heart of gratitude yeah. of, of the secular and sacred of what mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And so I th- yeah, that, yeah, couldn't have been said any better. Thank you. So I think that's, I think that's it. And, and, you know, with that gratitude, actually, I, I've learned and, and continue to learn, not there yet. I, I want you know, my mom, look, this is a part of the story that maybe you're unaware of that, uh, my bio was a was a very abusive man, very, very, very mm. abusive man, and abusive to my mother, abusive to my brother and I. And my mom was very young in her faith, and um, you know she she. I remember listening as as that I saw things I shouldn't have seen, I heard things I shouldn't have seen, I, you know all that stuff. But she listened to artists like. You know, second chapter of Acts and uh, Maranatha music and and Honey Tree and Evie and all of these early pioneers, Randy Stone or Keith Green, um, mm. all of these early pioneers in Christian music. She would listen a- along with um, the the pastor Chuck Smiths and you right. know all of those 
preachers, uh, Dr. Charles Stanley um, back in the day, um, would listen to all of these things. And I remember taking that as a little kid. She was so strong. My mom, I have a heart of gratitude. She was able to get out of that. And I was horrible to all guys that she would start dating. Horrible because I didn't trust men because my bio was such a just a, a, a very hateful person and treated and so I didn't trust guys at all. So I was horrible at all guys she'd bring in dating. She went to a Bible study. She brought these guys. And I'd, I'd change. They're like, I don't want any part of this, this family because that kid. Um, but there was this one guy that came in and said, look, I just don't, Marlene, I just don't want to take you and your, you out. I want to take you and your boy. I want to take, we're all going to, can we all go together? Well, that was his mistake because I was horrible in the restaurant and all that. Meet and three, I think at Denny's or something. And, uh, but he, he, he asked her out again and again. Long story short. He sold his Mustang. I knew as a little boy. I didn't know much about cars, but I didn't know this. He sold his Mustang and bought a 77 Plymouth Volari station wagon. Mm-hmm. I knew, okay, that's, that's, that's crazy. And then put a U-Haul on the back of that. We haul-tailed it from where I grew up, where I was born in Arizona, and we moved to New England, to New Hampshire, where I grew up. He modeled for me. My stepfather, who actually I took his name because he modeled so well after three, four years of what it was to be a, a Jesus follower and be a man of integrity and character. And um, so I have a hard gratitude for my mom going back to all that Jesus music back in the day. And I think that's why I have such a passion and continue to have a passion, you know, over on our sister station, The Fish, here on KKLA, yep. um, for, for, for the word and for music. And, and speaking of that... Um, Ironically enough, that, that wasn't even kind of part of this whole tapestry of conversation. You actually have there on campus um, uh, kind of a, a tipping of the hat, if you will, paying homage to the early Jesus movement, Jesus people movement, the Jesus movement back in the, in the early 70s, mm-hmm. uh, late 60s. Wasn't that the last revival that really kind of took place in our country, if you will? Yeah, well, I, I mean, certainly it's historic as among the many awakenings in our country, certainly as New Englanders, you know, the great awakenings of, of uh, a couple centuries ago. Right. But yeah, yeah, so yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Dave. We're actually at Biola. We're going to have a conference uh, called a Blaze Conference 2021. It's going to be October 7th through 9th here at Biola University. And what we're trying to do is, is, is gather together, you know, people that were part of the Jesus People movement from 50 years ago. And and it's not just a retrospective, but it's asking the question, how can the Holy Spirit set us ablaze again? And um, so October 7th through 9th, a blaze conference. We're going to have great speakers. We've got Matt Chandler and Tanya Riches and Greg Laurie and Ed Stetzer and my dear friend um, Ken Ulmer ah. and Cheryl Broderson. Um, but check this out. You mentioned um, music. We have on Friday night, um, you know, which is the 8th of October, we're having a Jesus People Movement concert. And we've got Honey Tree, for those of you who remember. We've got the Salt Company. We have Matthew Ward and Nellie Greeson from Second Chapter of Acts. Love song. Um, Dennis Agajanian. Um, it's going to be an incredible, and I don't know if these some of these groups haven't performed in a long time, but they're coming back because they believe that something special can happen at Biola University during this Ablaze Conference, and they want to be part of it. It isn't, um, it isn't a Woodstock reunion. This is not about what <laughs> no, no. happened then, but right. what could happen into the future if, you know, if God does what God does and just um, kind of anoints our, this generation of students one more time. So it's going to be great. Um, there's information 
You can get onto bio.edu slash ablaze. I think that's what it is. Or just Google Bio University Ablaze Conference and find out the registration information. And it's, I, I know you're going to be here. We'll look forward to having you here and many others. And, again, uh, um, Greg Thornberry and Greg Packiam, Glenn Packiam and, 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 and others are going to be part of the, the, the conference. But, but, but 50 years ago, it, it was the music of the Jesus people. It really gave voice to a global movement. We're going to talk about the impact that the Jesus people movement has had globally. You have people coming from Hillsong in Australia. So that yeah, October eighth we're gonna have a gonna revive the sounds of revival wow. with that concert. It's gonna be a really historic night of worship and celebration and again artists like Love Song and the Salt Company yeah, all those, Ward and all those are, from the second chapter of Acts. I was gonna say all those artists, Concrete and Rebar are the worship leaders we have. Now Bishop Omer's gonna be there and Cheryl Roberson, Pastor Greg, awesome. Get all the details right there, the Blaze Conference. I love that. October seventh, ninth at biola.edu forward slash Blaze. Dr. Barry Corey, DBC, we've run out of time. I, I love you, brother. Uh, uh, love you, too, and thanks for the time today and a blessed Friday afternoon. And um, give your family a big hug from Paula and from me. And um, tell um, uh, Megan especially, can't wait to see her. And, and, and Kylie, all the best as a Biola alumna. Yeah, prayers for you, Biola campus. Prayers for everyone heading back to school. And, and may we continue to keep Jesus front and center. Love you, everybody. Southern California's 99.5 KKLA. Live from L.A. is sponsored by Park Place Funding. KKLA's Thankful Thursday. Tell us why your pastor and the church staff should receive a free lunch. Submit your story now at kkla.com slash thankful. Then every Thursday, the KKLA Street Team will provide a pastor and their church staff with free lunch from Hope Cafe and Catering in Pasadena. Thankful Thursday is sponsored by America's Christian Credit Union. americaschristiancu.com slash switch. One entry per week. Submit your entry now on the KKLA app or at kkla.com slash thankful. With all the changes going on in the world, now is the time to make sure your mortgage is set before the rates go up. With the programs available today, you still have great options to significantly reduce your monthly mortgage payments or take cash out with the lowest interest rates I've seen in 30 years. Hello, I'm Mark Gallagher of ParkPlaceFunding.com. I've been blessed to be able to help thousands of KKLA listeners over the years. I want to help you, too. The help starts with a free, easy consultation. I'll walk you through the best options and strategy for you and your family. And Likely get you a rate well below 3%. The best part is we'll take care of all the costs and fees and make it fast and easy for you to save more time and money. Parkplacefunding.com will make your life a whole lot better. To find out if a no-cost, no-fees refinance is right for you, call Mark Gallagher at parkplacefunding.com. Call 888-760-5779. 888-760-5779. Parkplacefunding.com. DRE number 01883363. NMLS 337745. Time to push reset and get away with God? Christian travel creates purposeful pauses to discover the most scenic, sought-after destinations while you immerse yourself in the wonder of God's creation. As you travel alongside the world's top Christian leaders, every step of the way will revive your faith and awaken your sense of wonder. Imagine morning devotions on the deck of a cruise ship as you pass towering Alaska glaciers or tropical Caribbean islands. Perhaps you're longing to set foot in the very places where Jesus walked and taught in Israel. Every day on a Christian cruise or tour brings you the new vistas while you enjoy uplifting music and powerful messages. Get away with God in a faith-focused journey, and the unforgettable memories you create will refresh you long after you return home. 
For more information, visit InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. That's InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Providers help thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. 2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800 555 2085. 800 555 2085. How many times we've heard someone say, Life just isn't fair? Hello, this is Chuck Swindoll. Listen, life is not fair. Are any of us surprised by that news? Families are torn apart by divorce. Disease comes and steals the light from a loved one's eyes. For some of us, it's been an unfair situation at work or at school. But listen to what Peter reminds us. Even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear intimidation. And do not be troubled, but set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. Don't let the unfairness of life steal the joy from your hearts. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.